Welcome to episode 16 of Auto Off Topic. I believe you are incorrect. I believe it's episode 17 because oh. last week's episode was entitled Sweet 16. Oh, oops. Yes, 17. I, I didn't edit the uh, little show notes. I edited the title of the show notes, but not the episode not number. the episode number. In it. Anyway, so episode 17. 17, yes. 16.2, if you will. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so we worked on the Raider over the weekend. We did. And then Sunday. but And Monday. And Monday, yeah. but more importantly, yesterday we went to Taco Bell for lunch. That's very important. And had naked chicken chalupas. Right. We did not eat chicken chalupas naked. No. We had what Taco Bell calls a naked chicken chalupa, yes. which is a basically a fried chicken patty wrapped around lettuce, formed and into some a cheese. taco shell. And I couldn't figure out what the sauce was in it. It was kind of like a. So we had naked chicken lunch with mystery sauce. It was like a dill sauce or something. I don't know what it was. It's, I don't know. It, it's pretty good. They are really good. It actually. shouldn't be good. It and shouldn't be as good. I'm not proud for liking it. No, I'm not proud for that not being my first time having it. Because I tried it with my family on Friday night. So mm-hmm. not only did I have it twice now, I've had Taco Bell twice in one weekend. Well, you. Or what convinced me to try it? Because you said it was good, and I was like, "All right, I'll I'll try." Right, it. and I was like, "I'm not going to bother with this craziness." And, well, yeah. Well, I, I listen. I'm I, I'm no secret. I am a a lover of of the bell. Um, always have been. I, I despise. You enjoy your fourth meal. I, I enjoy my fourth meal. It's, it's, <laughs> um, I, I I I despise fake Mexican food that tries to be real Mexican food. But Taco Bell doesn't try to be real Mexican food, so it gets a pass. It's Taco Bell Mexican food, whatever that is. It's just not food. It's just it's no. just it's just cheese and sauce in a ground beef delivery system. Yeah. Um it's basically it's basically different ways to eat Doritos. But then I was watching the commercial. You can apparently get what you ordered us was the box meal the with a five dollar like, box. It's like fifteen pounds of Taco Bell tacos and a medium soda for five dollars. Well, it's like two crunchy tacos and then that chicken thing. But yeah. you can get a box entirely of the chicken ones. What? Yeah. Now I'm upset and I have to go back. I well, since I'm <laughs> such a fan of the fourth meal, I guess I shouldn't stop until I've had Taco Bell four times yes, in one week. Exactly. However, that'll mean you're in need of a new co host next week because I will clearly be dead of heart disease. Probably. Ugh. But happy as can be. Oh, and there goes the microphone. Fell down. down. Um, so yeah, we ate Taco Bell after working on the Raider. Which it's good we did that. Because working on the Raider wasn't exactly... Let's say that great. the Taco Bell meal was the highlight of it was the day. The, it was the highlight. Uh, as, as you've heard in the past, um, I did get a cylinder head from actually a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's... Very, 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 very nice to have done that for me. However, after cleaning the cylinder head at the machine shop and uh, getting it all cleaned up, sanded, well, let's start at the the beginning. So you had it all cleaned up. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. All right, and then uh, we get the cylinder head back, and I had a couple of cracks. In okay, it. is that not the beginning? Well, that no, that's the beginning. But okay, just I don't want to get ahead of like assembling it because we had a couple of things while we were assembling it. That was everything went swimmingly while we assembled it. Well, except for the gaskets we we're trying to find. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We spent yeah, like two hours going to different we parts did. We stores. A intake gasket, yeah, and the exhaust manifold to downpipe, I guess, yeah. or front pipe, whatever you call it on an on-turbo car. So, luckily, the 
a couple towns over, the old school parts store had the intake gasket. They did. Yep. A nice Felpro one too. Yeah, real nice one. Uh, we'll, and, give, we'll give them a, a local shout out. That's Britain's Auto Parts in Beverly, yes. Mass. Yes, and they were nice enough that since we brought the manifold over to try to match the, the gasket, gasket to the bottom of it, yeah, yep. because a couple places were just like it doesn't listen to the computer. It doesn't listen. We don't have it. We don't have it. Uh, can you look at them? Because it's just like a double. It was like a sh- you know that shotgun style like gasket. Yeah, very standard. Like three style, hole. Yes. Like yeah, I've seen it in a bunch of cars. Uh, a bunch of full size. No, watches, I can't. I can't. Subarus. I can't look at these. I can't look at these gaskets I have or match them up. No. Well, to, to, to be fair, the two gentlemen behind the counter at the local Napa store in Beverly. Well, I all, well all the chains did this to you and then the Napa well, store. We, we, you always assume the chains, the AutoZones, the Pet yeah. Boys, they're, they're not going to go out of their way to try to find something that's not on the computer. So that's fine. So they went to the Napa store. And the problem with the Napa store was I don't think the two kids that were behind the counter, I don't, I don't know how either one of them are old enough to be working. Because they both looked like they were 13. Yeah. And they were not willing to help really at all. No. So, regardless. So, we went to the old school store, which was Auto Part. Auto Part International. Right. Uh, which is so old school, the guy's sitting in the office smoking cigars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it stinks in there. Yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, he was at least nice enough to go up back and find a gasket that was close enough to work. Yep. So, I filed open the holes. Yeah, we just the, elongated the, the mounting the holes. Mounting holes. Yeah. Kind of made them oblong and yeah, because the up. ceiling holes themselves were okay, like mm-hmm. the uh, around the two pipes. Yeah, they were okay. But so that worked. Not quite right. So we made it work somehow. Mm-hmm. So we got it together. And then you everything important. No, you were we were like ready. You were bolting on the valve cover, ready to go. We're gonna fire it up, and then you snap the bolt holding the throttle cable into the valve cover. Oh, literally the last bolt. Of and course. that was like a whole hour thing of drilling that out and heel coiling it. Yeah, because of course the valve cover is aluminum, and you got to be careful you don't break it trying to get the stupid thing out. Yeah, we probably could have come up with another solution if we had to, but we didn't you want know what? to. It's fine now, and it'll be like you can just take the bolt out, and it'll just work forever now. Hopefully, until I over-tighten it again. That's true. I mean, I, I, I wasn't it's a bigger bolt, though. The problem is is that I've had the valve cover off that truck so many times because we've had so many stupid little The valve cover's problems. cracked anyways, but I guess you can... It's a small crack, like a little yeah, punch crack. a little crack. tiny, little tiny crack. Um, but we've had that thing off so many times that that bolt, I think, had just been cycled too many times. And, yeah. Because I wasn't even putting that much pressure on it because it's not like an important bolt that needed to be torqued down. Mm-hmm. I was just using the little quarter-inch drive ratchet and just snap. I wasn't even holding it like far out. I was like at the base, and it still just kind of didn't like the eleven foot pounds. Nope. I probably put nope. through it. It probably needed like two. Yeah. Well. Oops. So we have as a special treat, probably the best audio ever recorded of a G fifty four B engine. The the of the, a Raider. The best audio of the worst running Raider of all time. So we will we will play this audio for you because so this is. We'll, we'll kind of narrate it because you really can't hear us that well because it was it was just in the garage. So now this is the head with the cracks. We did decide to put it on the car. Yep. Um, because we said, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. Before I go nuts and try to find another head, let's go through the work. Let's do it right in case it does work. Yeah. And put this head on the car and see what happens. That way we can determine if you know, God forbid, the Maybe bottom the short end. Block, yeah, yeah the bottom junk. end was damaged or what? Because if you remember what happened to the Raider. Um, it didn't have a coolant temperature gauge, and I ran it too hot uh, after the um, radiator split on the highway. Mm-hmm. I kept running it to get it home, and I ran it too hot, obviously. Yes. So, so this is – I did edit it a little bit. So this is the first attempt, like 
the very first start. So here we go. Anybody who owns a Mitsubishi will recognize it. Yeah. Because that sounds like standard Mitsubishi yep. so starters. So it's just cranking, cranking, cranking for us. That's my dad telling Yelling us to, to pump the gas. Pump the gas. And that mechanical noise, of course, is the gas being pumped. Well, that's the throttle, the butterflies in the... In the this is a good play-by-play. -play. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Just crank it, crank it, crank it. And then finally we get to a point where we just... We stopped. We stopped, and we just decided to grab some fuel and a little cup. We were looking in down the carburetor to turn yeah. the carburetor, yeah. and there was no fuel in there yet. It just wasn't turning over fast enough to yeah. really get the pump going. And it's a mechanical but, fuel pump that yeah. works in the cylinder head, so if it's not turning over at yeah. a certain RPM, yeah. it's not going to be And there we go. We put some fuel in it. It's part of life. And now the tractor the tractor awakens. There it goes. Got the steam course, engine going. Course, as I said, we have just started the world's first Model T engine swap in a Dodge Raider. <laughs> I should have yelled contact like yeah. in an airplane. <laughs> but it runs. It does run really poorly. but uh, Eventually it smooths out. Yeah, so it I, it was kind of loud. Like I, the, the hydraulic lifters had to pressurize up with air. And then uh, I can turn this down a little bit so we can we yell talk. over it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can hear it. It's just kind of... Bop, 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 bop. And then eventually it was funny because it was just running and it got real quiet. I wasn't yeah, recording at the time. Yeah, it out like, like beautiful. All of a sudden the lifters bled down or bled up because they had to fill with oil. Yeah, all that rackety, clackety clack was gone. Yeah. Now, Plus a little bit of an exhaust leak. Yeah, because we had one problem with one of the exhaust studs on the exhaust manifold that we need to yeah. address later. But we're going Ooh, to do it. Ooh, Hear that horsepower? Yeah, that's uh, 78 horsepower probably yeah. now at this point. Probably a little less. I like that little carb sound. You get a little... Little suction noise, noise. yeah. That's what you get with carburetors or throttle bodies, which you and a lot of people have sworn off, but I still swear by. Because I, I put throttle bodies with fuel injection. That carburetor, but of all the problems you have with this car, carburetor has never been an issue. Surprisingly, because it's a Chinese copy it's of a, a Weber. It's a Chinese knockoff, and it works great, even when it's like two degrees out. So. Even uh, my dad adjusted it a little bit. Because the idle was like way off. The idle was high, Somebody's yeah. messing with it. Or you maybe could have bumped the ticket apart. Who knows? No, whatever. It seems to. It started running pretty decently. It did. It was filling the garage with smoke, though. And we'll as, get to that. As one does. Because eventually. We uh, open the doors. We're not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually hear me. That was me probably walking in front of the, the mic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good microphone, actually. That sounds really good the way that worked. Yeah. Considering it was like four feet in front of the car. Well, yeah, it's very sensitive, but yeah. I mean, that was, uh, so this, for technical purposes, if you're interested, this is a Zoom H4N with a dead cat on it, and it was like a couple Not feet. Not really a dead cat. No, it's yeah. A technical term for a, a dead cat cover. mic cover. Um, Both of our cats are very much alive and well. There we go. So that that was the first clip. That is a wonderful clip. I'm I, sure I that was. is the highest probably audio quality ever. At least I didn't put like the mic oh, up to the of a raider. phone up to the microphone. Yeah. But then, so now obviously you can hear by the sound of that engine why I own three G four B cars. Yeah. So this this is after engines. the idle was adjusted <laughs> and the truck is warm. See how fast it started up? Yeah, fired right up. And hear how much quieter it is. Yeah, it's a lot quieter. It's a so exhausting. then I I pick up the mic and I hop in the side and we're gonna go for a little ride up the street. Yep. Here Which is a storage for a while. Yeah, there's tons of crap yeah. all over the car. Yeah. Just putting things in it. Yeah. Um, 
um, like we use the garage down. at Andrew's father's house, which yeah. is on a little dead yeah. street. Yeah. Well, well, the truck is registered anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a legal ride in Mexico. No, it wasn't. It was legal. And we hit, you know, parking lot speeds of, needs, like, needs fifth, power steering of, of 15. Fluid. Actual 15. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> yeah. Yep, checking the brakes. It was sitting for a while. And they're vacuum operated, obviously, or vacuum assisted. So yeah. it had no brakes when it was Rust. when it was all apart. But this is power steering. It's riveting, riveting audio. Like riveting audio. Uh, what an amazing, amazing segment you put together here. Oh yeah, the brake light was on, but it's probably must be low on brake fluid. I'm sure it is. So we're going up the street. I don't know why. Years. It's not like it evaporates. But here the brakes. Yeah. Back. That was that was me making the brake noise. Yeah. Not the brake. It's like us talking to us. Yes. At the same time. Talk exception. Yeah. Seems to run like it's supposed to. Kind of. Just doesn't steer like it's supposed to. <laughs> Currently has power steering by Armstrong. Definitely got quieter. Yeah. The lifters must have. I trailed off there, but they. It meant the lifters must have uh, filled up with oil. A lot of oil smoke. Tons of oil smoke. It's like a James Bond. Maybe not that bad, <laughs> it's but. blue. So maybe it's kind of blue. Like Brad's attitude became quickly thereafter. It's yeah. kind of blue, so maybe it's just some oil. Oh yeah, it was definitely just I, some oil. I, I put a little bit of oil down the cylinders before we started and put the plugs in, but not that much oil. Like it would have burned off almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that oil did burn off almost immediately. Yeah. So <sighs> the good news is the cylinder head. Seems to kind of work at least around the, around the street there. Yeah. But what I was really excited about is that this audio sounds pretty good. Like <laughs> we could we could do podcasts from in the car. Like if we're going somewhere. We could on a road trip this summertime somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, or accompany me on a trip to pick up a car somewhere. Yeah. Oh, podcast from the road. Smoke cloud behind us. Big old smoke cloud. Yeah. So we're turning back around. Disappointed Brad is disappointed all the time. Yeah. All the time. This is sad Brad. Right sad Brad. Sad Brad. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a lot of smoke. Yeah. Our other podcast friends have Dad Brad. It looks and blue too. Other Brads. Yeah. But I'm just sad Brad. Well, it wasn't cool in smoke. So I guess that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Smoke, smoke. No, I don't get cool and smoke. No, but it eventually probably will. But I, I'm I'm at an end pass right now. I thought you're into oil burners now, anyways. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> making fun of my diesel truck again. Any opportunity One to make fun of the diesel truck? Oil does not mean Brad's road truck. Um, I'm kind of at an end pass now. What do I do? Oh my goodness, this looks like because it's a $500 junkyard yeah, truck. Yeah. It is. Um, it's not perfect. I love the stupid truck. But I have like an, un, uh, an, an unreasonable love for crappy cars as a rule. So most people at this point would put it back oh, to the junkyard from once it no. came. Um, but I'm not sure what I want to do. No. So please give me ideas. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't have the money to put a new motor in it. No. Um, I don't necessarily want to starting that you know, I'm still at startup cost in in vine stuff and that money would be better off put into the business. I don't really feel like turbo swapping it anymore. Now you're disappointed. <laughs> that truck really annoyed me. Yeah, well, 
It didn't really do anything bad other than smoke when we got it back up and running. So here's the thing, and here's what I'm going to try to do. Drive it till it just stops running. Well, the problem is, is that I don't want to smoke out the entire world while I'm driving it. It's, a, it's a more embarrassing than anything else because oh. it's blue smoke behind you. I don't know. Put some like oh, you put 1040 in it though, right? You already put, no, we had 1030 because I didn't have 1040. Remember? Some like 1540 in it. <laughs> Diesel truck oil. <laughs> put some real heavy oil in uh, it. And straight 90 weight in the engine. Yeah. Um, it started smoking less after a while. So my pessimist, my optimist Brad is saying if it started smoking less after a while, maybe after more of a while, it will continue to smoke less. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but I can hope and pray. So I think what I'm going to do is drive it local for a few days um, and then see what happens. Because at the end of the day yesterday, it was only smoking after you let it idle. When you're driving it around, it was fine. Yeah. You let it idle and you hit the gas and it would puff blue smoke. So I'm not sure what's happening. Um, I mean, you didn't do the valve seals in the head because... We didn't do the valve seals It in the wasn't head, worth no. it to do any more to the head because it had cracks. Because it had cracks in it, yeah. But my dad didn't seem to think it was valve seals, but maybe the rings were damaged when the truck overheated. But there was not a lot of marks on the cylinder walls mm-hmm. either, so... Yeah. I don't, I don't know where to go with this. I'm just going to drive it for a little while and and see what happens. Just go out and beat on it and hope for the best because that cylinder head might not even last. Nope. Because it has a cracks in it. It might last a couple of heat cycles and then start leaking down coolant. So who even knows what's going to happen with that thing? Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm at an impasse of what to do. It's not it's worth not like a ton of money. you need the thing to drive around. I don't. I don't. I have that truck that I bought for the business, but I was hoping to have this truck because, A, the pickup truck is for the business. Yeah. So I don't want to use it exclusively all the time is daily transportation because it's for the business. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to do off-road trips in it because it's... It's too big. For the, and it's for the business. <laughs> I don't want to damage oh, it. Oh, it's just way too big. This is way, way too big. The, the um, wheelbase. Yeah, I mean, I, I could do stuff like we did, you know, up in Maine at the, the you know, the Golden Road and stuff because that's for regular trucks and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I couldn't do any real technical off-roading with it anyway. Plus, it's got open diffs and just it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fun. No. Um, so I was hoping to put the Raider back together to go off-roading with you guys, you and, and Jordan with the Xterra, obviously. But it's not going to happen right now, unless you guys want to ride behind a smoke cloud the whole time. No, you you get to ride in the back. Yeah, exactly. Which used to be reserved for your truck, because your truck smoked the most. <laughs> no, it stopped, like, I don't know. No, it was, once, you, once you fixed everything, it was fine. Yeah. Like, originally, when you first got it, it was smoky. It does if it sits. It did the. It sat for like a week, and I started it the other day. And it smoked that's for like a second. Old car, life. and then it goes away. Yeah, that's that's old car dried up seal life. Yeah, but I I, I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get motivated, and I I don't know. Maybe we'll find a four hundred dollar Starian to buy to swap everything in. Because I don't want to part out my Starian. No, as much like I have the love for the stupid truck, I have the love for the stupid Starian. No, if you find a way more rotted Starian. Oh, exactly. Like a, like a super junk. Would be really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my stereo is pretty much super junk, but it's already halfway repaired. So, uh, yeah. But if if I can find a really junk one that's just you know a roached interior and completely junked out body, and maybe we'll turbo swap the thing anyway, but no time soon. That'd be we rad. Have, we have other cars to worry about first. I want to put the lot back together and some other stuff first. So, yeah, yeah, I do that. Which then... at this point, I wish I spent the time and effort putting that car back together right now because. At least to be back together. That wouldn't take that long to put back together. All right. Well, as soon as you get back from your vacation. <laughs> yeah. 
because we're recording this not not normal night because Andrew's going away. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. Right. So. Anyway, I uh, got my wheels in from Japan for the Montero. My Montero. This is an all Montero night. Yes. They're sitting here in the podcast room. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. What are we calling it now? The studio. The uh, cave layer. Layer. The podcast layer. Yeah. Sure. Um, they came surprisingly fast because they had to come to UPS from Japan. From Japan, <laughs> like three days. It's funny. I like looked at the track. It was like Tokyo, Anchorage, here, <laughs> New York. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, very fast. Yeah, well, it doesn't take long to go by airplane, I guess. No, no, but they look they look pretty good. They look a little better in the pictures, but uh, there's no, some typical like clear age, coat. But... Yeah, I mean, you got to figure trucks aren't really taken care of, so it's going to be hard to find used wheels that are in Especially good shape. Trucks that go to the junkyard and the wheels get taken off. Yeah, so uh, I'll probably just be able to buff them up and yeah, polish them. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of neat because the uh, the inside of the spokes are kind of like this semi-hollow, and they're dark graphite. Yeah, it's like a like a polished face with a painted inserts. Yeah, and it's very much like a modern it's, wheel. It's thing. almost like um, if you were uh, like the the factory first gen alloys are called pomegranates because they have little like spoke holes that look like pomegranate seeds. Mm-hmm. I would almost call these like a they look like a lotus flower or something. Yeah, a little bit. I don't even know if they have a name, but we we just coined a name for them. Yeah, lotus flower wheels. <clears throat> but I'm still waiting for the other set. And then once I have the other set, we'll pick the best ones. Have a refinishing party. Mm-hmm. And then uh, no, just keep the other ones for spares. And then your truck will be here pretty soon too, I think. Right. Yep. I'm gonna get some uh, the same tires, the Nokians. Rotiva ATs, but in the 31s. Yes, yeah. It's a little bit taller than the ones that are on your current truck. <clears throat> Excuse me. Throat is still messed up. Week three, Andrew's cold. It's getting there, but still kind of messed up. So when is the truck coming? Because now, as the new news goes, I'm not bringing the truck here because I'm still dealing with some insurance and registration things. Yeah, and just, and just time. I don't want you to kill yourself because you're trying to do some other stuff. Yep, that is gonna pay better than the better than the, the friend rate. Better than the friend rate. So, <laughs> no, we shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean. I do, I do. It's uh, it just makes more sense for your business at this point. Well, yeah, because what what I'm trying to do is um, I'm working out some insurance issues with with the trailer um, and the truck because I'm trying to register everything in the business name. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't want to make the whole podcast about the business, but trying to register everything in the business name, and it just takes a little while because the state of Massachusetts is a pain, and the insurance companies are a pain, and everything's a pain. Mm-hmm. So between paying for everything and paying for the LLC licenses and paying for the insurances, and it just it, it adds up quick. So, But anyway, so let's do scale project cars. Sure. But you were, because the radar was upsetting you, you were looking at other vehicles that you would... Like in theory, drive instead of the Raider. Yes. And you look. You're down the the Baja Rabbit. The Baja. Uh, yeah. The Baja Rabbit. Baja Beetle. The Baja Beetle Rabbit the, Hole. The Baja Beetle Rabbit Hole. Yes. Yes. Because you were looking at actual Baja Beetles, and you were like, eh, "Those are really expensive right now. I'll look at scale Baja Beetles." Right. Right. Which is how my life usually winds up working, and how I wind up with thousands of Hot Wheels cars and diecast cars, model cars. Yes. Because I'm like, man, I really want one of those. Oh, I can't afford it. I bet I can afford a 124 scale. No. So that's what I do. So, yeah, I have a RC truck 
as we discussed before, uh, yeah, one, the, t- one tenth scale. The CCO, the Tamiya CCO Tamiya one. chassis code is CCO one. Mm-hmm. They come with a Montero body, a RAV, a yeah. RAV4, a CRV so body, and all that it's stuff. Made, it's made, it's a ABS tub. It's a, it's a very scale looking chassis. Yes, with, it's got independent front suspension yep. and a live four link rear axle. Four link rear axle, yep. Um, which is exactly full time full drive. Would be, but no. I saw a picture. It's also not the way Jeeps are, but it comes with the Jeep body. Yeah, that's true. Um, I saw, or, or even the CRV body that came with it, yeah. would have full independent suspension, which yeah. this doesn't. Um, but I saw a guy online build one with the Tamiya Monster Beetle 110 scale RC body. Uh, and it, it's a Baja Beetle body on a monster truck. And it fit the CCO1 chassis really well. So I was like, maybe I should just build it that way. And then I stopped thinking about it that way. And I started looking at more RC cars yeah. that just come that way because Tamiya. One of their original 15 RC cars was the uh, Sand Scorcher, which was actually a rear-wheel drive. Was that its Baja own Beetle. chassis, or is that like the same as the Grasshopper? And it all wasn't those? the same as the Grasshopper. It was the same as like the Frog. Remember the gold one my father had? Not yeah, the Frog. inside right there, but yeah. the Tamiya Frog. Yeah. Uh, basically the same chassis as the Frog. Um, what was the difference nope, between I, that and a Grasshopper? In, incorrect. I apologize. <laughs> it was not the same chassis. That's... I, I proved that last night. I thought it was. It's not. It is its own chassis, and it has a very Volkswagen-style front suspension on it. So they were all, like, all their own chassis? Like, they had a few different ones. But they were kind of like buggies, because that was, like, the hot the hot setup in the 80s was, the it was buggies, a buggy. Yeah. The, the, the Sand Scorcher was a, was a different chassis. It was a plastic tub, yeah. and it had um, the same style front suspension as an actual Volkswagen Beetle would have. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, the rear suspension was totally different because couldn't have swing arms and a you know air cooled four cylinder. But um, so I started looking at those, and those were reintroduced a couple of years ago. So they're not huge money; they're like three hundred bucks, uh, which is more than I can spend right now on one, obviously. But in the future, I think I want to get one of those because they look fun. So I'm not going to build the CCO one into one, but really, yeah, I don't think so. I get enough stuff lying around. But um, I forget where I was going with all this, but. Uh, I'm further down, further down the again the rabbit hole of Bajas. I've been looking at some Volkswagen Bajas because I think that would be a good mm-hmm. replacement for the Raider because I could do some light off road things, um, not like obviously rock crawling and and heavy mountain driving because it's only two wheel drive, but I could do a lot of the overlanding trips in a Beetle. Yeah, well, like I said, I said to you last night that the the Baja Beetle is the poor man's Safari 911. Which the Safari 911 is. Until recently, not really even a thing other than the actual race cars. Yeah. So I think the Safari 911 is just born from people who just have too much money to know what to do with at this point. But I don't think the Baja Beetle is the poor man's Safari 911. I think the Baja Beetle is its own thing. And the Safari 911 is like, hey, I want a Baja Beetle, but I have a lot of money. I think the frog, I'm looking at a picture online. It was supposed to look like something that would have ran probably Baja. Yeah, the Baja. Yeah. It's all their RC cars back then were like Baja vehicles. Yeah. So, hence 19, the Baja Introduced in 1983. Yeah, it's pretty old. They're pretty old. And then I got to thinking afterwards that I should restore my grasshopper and put the beetle body on my grasshopper. Oh, there you go. So, I already have it. May as well do it. But now, Stupid there's too many things. It's so slow. I wanted to look what I don't remember what a sand scorcher looks like. It's a uh, Volkswagen Beetle in like baby blue and white. There was a guy a couple years ago. He built a full scale one. Oh, it was in like Retro Cars magazine. It was over in England. Um, it's a really neat looking car. 
But if you can see a picture, if you go to the pictures, and uh, maybe we'll have to put some up on the on our page because. Oh, that is rad as hell. Yeah, but see the front suspension on it, and that picture with the chassis. It's on like it? actual torsion bars. Yeah, it's a really cool front setup. So it's like three hundred dollars, three hundred eight dollars. I think is the Tower Hobbies price for one. Yeah, twenty um, uh, re-released in twenty ten. Yeah, so it's not really in the budget right now, but I think that I would like Holy to. Holy crap! Uh, oh, yeah, the I'm looking at the MSRP because I went to right to the Tamiya site. Yeah, it's like five hundred some dollars. Yeah, five thirty four. Yeah. Well, the real the, the the street price, the street value of one of those is about three hundred dollars. Oh, that's cool because it's got. It's totally like the chassis is totally covered. Yeah, it's like a Lexan cover. Over yeah, the so you can run out in the sand and stuff. And yep. It's got like, like sand um, paddle tires. Yep. Oh wow! And if you look, it's got the big exhaust on the back, but no scale engine. Yeah. There's companies out there now that three um, D printing is a thing. Like you can go on Shapeways and you can download a one tenth scale Volkswagen Beetle engine to put back there, just, yeah. just like to finish off the look. It's my celebrating the thirtieth anniversary. This is in twenty ten. Right, so it's 1980. Wow. Yeah. Super, super cool. It was one of the original Tamiya cars. Like it was that and um, uh, the uh, the Toyota pickup truck and the Chevy Blazer, which is amazing. Perfect Blazer? Yeah, I think it was called a Blazing Blazer or something like that. Oh. It was, it was really sweet. Again, it was a very Baja style. It had mm-hmm. no roof and it had like an open, had a cage on it with like a wing on top of the cage. Mm. So that's a really cool looking one. That the history of Tamaya could be a whole episode sometime because they made some really, really, really cool stuff, which we'll have to look up some more after the episode because it's not very good podcast material to sit here and search them all right now. <laughs> no, that's no, that's, that's Sand Scorchers. That's a cool one. It is a very cool one. And then the the body for that is very similar to the Tamaya Monster Beetle, which is just uh, basically the same chassis as the Blackfoot. Remember the Blackfoot? Yeah, I remember that F-150, one. F-150, like Stepside. Yeah. It's basically the same chassis as that. It's a two-wheel drive monster truck. So it's like a really big buggy, pretty much. Yeah, and then the the Piero one was like on its own wheelie thing. The wild the 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 wild willy chassis was a Jeep. Yeah, and it also was the Pajero mini mini something. I forget yeah, because the then what were the the four drives were like the pumpkin, right? There was, the, was the lunchbox. The that lunchbox was, was the yellow van, and the pumpkin was like the '56 Ford, I think. Oh, uh, so, yeah. There were a lot of cool ones in the 80s, and they've all recently come back out. And then also on the Frog chassis was the um, Subaru Baja. Oh, yeah. Which they also just re-released last year. Which, which really I, cool. I told you it's earlier. Like $130, so we should buy one. Yeah, which I told you <laughs> earlier. I was watching that movie, uh, The Manhattan Project. Yep. Which only has, like, one actor you can, like, recognize now was John Lithgow in it. Right. And the... The main character is a teen. Of course, it's an '80s movie with a teen genius who's uh, like trying to prevent nuclear war. So, you know, how many of those movies were made? Well, either preventing nuclear war or making the perfect girlfriend from a printer. Yes, one or the other. So, uh, anyway, in the part of the movie, he uses a uh, uh, Tamaya Baja, uh, Tamaya Baja, a Tamaya Brat. Oh, excellent! To uh, like steal plutonium from a lab. So he drives it. Into the lab. He, like, somehow. puts it on there and then drives it out and then s- somehow sneaks it by a security guard. But I'm like, the electric motor is so loud in those things. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> that's part of the, the movie too. is, like, yeah, is that the, the guy hears it. It's like... Yeah, even the steering servo. Because even then, they didn't have electronic speed controls. No. So they had a steering servo 
that also operated the mechanical speed controller. Yeah, so super loud. Made noise. And and then like part of the part of the movie is actually showing the little driver inside, like looking left and right, Which while the happen. security guard. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch this movie, or at least that scene. That sounds yeah. It's on Netflix. It's not, it's it wasn't a bad movie. I don't remember ever seeing it or hearing about it before. Somehow it, it you know. Well, anything with vintage RC cars gets missed me in. my love of uh, of eighties uh, movies. Yeah, anything with vintage RC cars gets me in. So. Well, that was like the um, the Deadpool. The Dirty Harry movie. The oh, Deadpool? yeah, with the 63 Corvette. Yes. With the bomb in it. The, the super fast gas one. Yeah. That they chase. It's like a whole car chase between. Yeah, they put it underneath like an old Cutlass Sierra or something. Yeah, and it detonate it. Kills his partner. Yeah, it's a pretty cool scene, actually. Yeah. I, I don't know what chassis that would what, what RC car that would be because I don't know much about gas RC cars. Uh, uh, 80s gas. It's, yeah. It's, it was like a flat much. chassis with like foam tires. It was one of those. Like a pan race car. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about those nope. at all. RC 10 or whatever. Nope. So I thought that the post office had lost my package from Japan with model kits in it mm-hmm. because it like like I got the little pink card and I signed it because on the back of the card it says sign here and tell them where you want to leave the package and leave it in your mailbox for them to pick up. Right. So it like disappeared out of my mailbox, the little uh, pink slip because I wasn't home to sign for it originally. So I signed it, filled it back out, said leave it, you know, blah, 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 where. Uh, never show back up. It's been like a week. So I went to the post office today because they weren't open yesterday. It's President's Day. And I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I left the pink slip. And they're like, they don't take stuff out of your mailbox. And I put stuff in. I'm like, I think in my head, I'm like, why does the back of this thing say in your all these instructions? And like two or three people at the post office have already told me this. It's like, what? I was like, whatever. Can you just look in back? Here's my <laughs> license. It was there. So it was two. Uh, Hasegawa has re-released the Galant VR4 Sweden rally kit. Which is really cool because it was like $100 if you found one on eBay now. Yeah. So I bought two of them because they were a good price from Hobby Search, and I just wanted to have spares. I wanted to build weird like one that. to leave on the shelf. Yeah, and then I didn't want to – I have an original one, and apparently these new ones, you can tell they're new re-release ones because they say limited edition on them. Right. Further ensuring they'll always be worth something. Yes. Plastic models as investments. Yes. We don't recommend doing this, however. No. So I've got those. Um, and then I had cleaned my airbrush, my airbrushes. So I decided that I wanted to recoat the Hasegawa Evo so I could finish that. Uh, I recoated it with the aluminum. Came out all right. And then I used Mr. Hobby Top Coat. Which is my favorite um, model car brand name, Mr. Yes, Hobby. Mr. Hobby. So this is Japanese, Japanese. Yeah, clear coat, top coat. So it's actually water-based and i was i sent brad pictures earlier today because i did it I sprayed it and it got cloudy i was like what the fuck i was like god damn it language yeah we can swear on this we don't we don't usually i know i know know. but that that, that elicited anger yeah so it was so annoying because i'm like every single time you do one of these things Something stupid happens. Yeah. Like my taillights being dissolved in the yeah. uh, purple stuff. Paint. So I was like, whatever. I, I let it dry. I didn't do anything to it. I just I just left it, let it dry. I was like, it's nice outside. I'm going to take the dog for a walk. So we, we go for a walk. It was like half hour later. I come back. I go back in the basement. And I look at the kit. And it completely cleared up. Like just something the way the clear coat is, it like clouded and then cleared as it dried. Which is cool. I was like, that's fine. So I did another coat. you probably put it on too heavy. Maybe. That's probably what happened. I've seen that happen. Like You'll see it pool in a corner somewhere, and it'll be really opaque. And then once it dries, it's clear. Well, 
I did another coat and it looks pretty good. The only thing that happened is I didn't shake up the aluminum paint enough while I was spraying the final base coat yeah, of the color. It modeled on the roof a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, but whatever, you can't see the roof when it's sitting on the shelf. I was using the kit to practice with the airbrush anyways. It looks pretty damn good for a first it attempt. It looks pretty good. So, uh, I'll try to finish. I'll let that harden over the next uh, week or so, and then I'll do the black and bring that back. Do the black trim. And finish the black trim around the windows, and then that kit should be done. Actually, yep. got to paint the taillights, but well, don't put them in purple <clears> stuff <throat> to clean them off when you screw it up because no, it will dissolve use, them. If you're using Tamiya acrylic, listen, listen, it's all things I know now. Ninety percent rubbing alcohol. Well, hopefully, and, I'll have mine done the same time, and we'll do a mini auto off-topic photo shoot down here in the basement and put some yeah. pictures up on the Instagram page. So I so I also started the. I'm going to build the monogram. First gen Arc Seven kit, which is a very old but full detail kit. It is it's a full engine detail, full chassis detail, and it's the early car. It's an, uh, an Arc Seven SA. Yes, before the FP. Mm -hmm. So it has these separate aluminum bumpers. Yep. So I'm gonna do that. Uh, I'm gonna paint it. It's like a, it's a zero paints, but it's a, it's a clone of a Tamiya like metallic brown, chocolate and, metallic, a root beer metallic style. Like, yeah. Like, like my brown colt. Mm -hmm. My okay. favorite color of all time. Yeah, I'll grab it for you later. I'll show you. Um, but is there anything... Were you going to build something that's like an 80s monogram kit or... Well, I'm currently working on the uh, monogram Ravel 69 Camaro kit, but... Okay. No big reports as of yet. Back to your back to your roots of the yeah, monogram. Yeah, exactly. Maybe when I finish that and I finish the Lancer, I'll build by the same RX-7 kit that you have. I it's funny. I noticed on the inside of the RX-7 body, the part numbers... There's one for red and one for blue. Which you have the blue one. I have the blue one, too, yeah. That's the uh, Cafe Racer. The Cafe one. Racer one, which I've never seen anywhere else. Nope. So, other than scale project cars, we did. I did do one thing car-related over the weekend. I went what? to the Cars and Coffee. Oh, yeah? In um, the Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, which they've been running all winter because it's a new thing for it. Um, the cars that come out in the wintertime are obviously less... Old cars and more like Subarus and BMWs. We've and had occasional mild days on the weekends that yeah, but have worked out. Yeah, the roads and everything yeah. around here. So, however, there was easily between seventy-five and a hundred cars there this weekend. Cool. It was cold. It was gross. The parking lot was covered in snow. Wasn't that <laughs> gross? Big, it was pretty big, sunny. And... Big snow banks, I should say. Yeah. Um, but there are easily seventy-five, a hundred cars. So I'm really looking forward to the spring. Uh, in fact, I think the next. Um, it's at, it's in Cluffs Crossing in Salem, New Hampshire. I think the next one is March 19th. So the end of March. Be, uh, hopefully it'll be a little warmer and we'll get some more of the older cars out. Um, cause some of the, I don't, I don't want to be old man Brad again here, but some of the Subaru and BMW crowd is a little young and vapey. Mm. So I'd like to get some more of the older crowd with the older cars back out. Well, your radar blows sweet cotton, too. Yeah, I guess it does. It doesn't blow O's, though. No, it's it's 10W30 flavored. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that sweet cherry. Not that we are making fun of people who vape if they're doing it, you know, to quit smoking or whatever. But You're peasing your wife. Yes, I am definitely peasing your wife. Um, but those that do it and have the modded vape things and blow giant clouds at car shows... Could all disappear tomorrow, and I wouldn't be upset, to put it lightly. So we need a little less of that, that crowd. That's also a weird thing. Yeah, a little Mind less. Beams. Well, we're sitting here talking about model cars, so I guess we have no room to talk. But 
I don't know. Whatever. Maybe. Listen, there's a car show at the next town over in Lynn that has a vape competition at it, which I've never gone to and I never will go to. Although saying that now, I kind of want to go just to see it once, just so we can come on air and make fun of it. I suppose, you know, since burnout contests aren't always legal. Well, in, 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 in a great world where all things are good, eventually vape contests will also not be legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we need less of the vapey crowd out there if, if they could come out, you know, March, uh, March 19th. Uh, hopefully there'll be less salt in the roads. We'll have a few older cars out there. I won't be there in my pickup truck. I'll be there in a car, hopefully. Unless it snows and salts, then I'll still be there to pick a truck because the coffee's delicious. Well, I know. They really need to get more people on those Sundays, though. They have been. Okay, good. Yeah, they have. In the last couple of weeks, last couple of months on those particular show days, they've had okay, good. You know, three people in there, and the line's been a lot smaller. So, All right. Yeah, no, um, it's good. It's good. And there was uh, your, one of our favorite cars there. Yeah, mm-hmm. our friend Esteban. He yeah. brought out his um, Chevy Turbo Sprint. Yes. Which is uh, one of the like most '80s of all '80s things you could ever have. It's a yes. Suzuki Swift um, based car. Yeah, basically not a based car. It's basically a Suzuki with badge, Chevrolet yeah. badges on. Yeah. yeah, it's badge engineering, um, but it's a turbo three cylinder. Uh, it's the size of like a Geo Metro. Mm-hmm. Um, it eventually became this the Geo Metro, um, but the turbocharged three cylinder. I think it's like eighty something horsepower. I'm like that. I rode it one time. It yeah, was fun. Did, did you drive it or did you ride it? I didn't drive it. I just okay. rode it. But I think it only weighs like 1,700 pounds. No, no, it's such stupid. a neat car. And it's got these like gradient, like red gradient seats. I think that was only with the red cars you got the red interior? Yeah. They all had different color interiors. Mm-hmm. I think they're only available in a few colors, maybe silver and white and black as well. I know white. I've never seen anything that's not a red one. No, uh, those... I've, I've seen two, and I, I've only seen that one in person. Yep. And the one from Clutch Kick Podcast, Rick's, that he sold. Right. And I've only, so I've only ever seen I've only ever seen one, red ones. Well, one year at, maybe a white one. I've yeah, seen. say one year at Japanese um, car day, there was a white one. Oh, I it was actually the first time we saw it. Yeah. It was parked next to Esteban's red car. Okay, because two Chevy Sprint Turbo owners in the same area got to find each other. Somewhere. Yeah, because <laughs> they're probably the only two in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't usually bring his car out in the wintertime either, but he decided he would because it was clear enough, and he planned on washing it before he got it home. So, and it's not like it's an old, you know multi-million dollar muscle car here it's a no. sprint turbo it's meant to be driven still care for it because it's really sweet but um however i did talk to esteban who will be a guest i think on our show at some point oh, okay um he has another interesting project yeah um it's a renault lacar oh you're telling me this um <coughs> excuse me but it was not sold by renault it was sold by a company here in america that converted them they bought the shells from renault and converted them to electric power in 1980. So the name of the car is the Electric, with an L. So Electric Leopard. Um, he bought it from a guy a couple of years ago. There's a whole story with a, an estate and a, you know, a deceased owner and the original title and registration problems. But we're working through all that, and we're going to get that thing registered before he, before he puts any real time and money into it. Um, and he's going to restore or... Um, sympathetically restore this electric leopard. Well, I would hope he. Would, I mean, it's expensive. I mean that he's going to update things. Yeah, because I mean that the uh, the electric Maserati that was on Wheeler Did you see that one? Yeah, that was interesting. But they obviously it was Wheeler Doors. So they spent like yeah, a, a lot, lot of money, money on it. But well, I guess he talked to the guy from EV West, mm-hmm. um, and I guess he got a pretty pretty basic uh, response back. Oh, that would be between twenty and thirty thousand dollars. 
So obviously he's like, well, I'm not going to spend. The car's not worth that. Had it, yeah, twenty or thirty thousand dollars on an electric car. He says, so I'll figure out something else. No, it's got to be homebrew stuff. There there definitely is. So we're starting to look into some of that. Because that that is like a very niche thing is to be into. super niche. Like electric conversions of cars. Yeah. And even then, like, so this car was sold new in. It was sold new in 1980 in Boston as an electric car. So where was it sold from? Like what dealer? Do you guys know that yet? I don't don't even know. I mean, he might know more than I do. I only just talked to him about it. You know, for Ooh, a half yeah, hour. Yeah, we're gonna find out. I want to know more details about this because there were it, three models. One of them was the car. There was one that looks like a Bradley GT kit car, and then there was another one based on a Fiat. The future is electric. Yeah, the future is behind us and in front of us. Yeah, and it has always been and always in will be the electric. Year two thousand. <laughs> Twice you've done that in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a very interesting car. I can't wait to. I haven't seen it in person. I've only Weird. seen pictures and, and documentation. Um, so I, I wonder can't wait to see it if it came from like. Cambridge area or something that always yeah well I think the title was Cambridge actually now that I'm thinking about it because you couldn't where would you go with it like you couldn't go that far I'm sure the range on it was terrible no it's all lead acid batteries and... yeah well I remember a couple months back there was a, um, a Plymouth Turismo on eBay or bring a trailer or somewhere that was electric converted when new in like 1982 that's so bizarre and the range was like 65 miles. <laughs> I was like really forward thinking back then, I guess. I don't know, was forward thinking or just different? Well, thinking? yeah, I don't know. I guess it was just like a. Just just after the energy crisis. So, I mean, there was still a lot of unsettled minds of, hey, are we going to have another energy crisis? Is it going to be a problem? Is fuel not going to be around forever? And if you look at Hot Rod magazines and stuff from the early 80s, yeah. there was a lot of talk of turbos and turbo fours and all kinds of alternative ways of making power well, without using so turbocharging fuel. now we're finally there well we were well, in the 90s yeah. and then it went away now it's back now it's back because in the 90s it was never sold as a fuel saving device it was sold no. as a performance device yeah. now like you know the EcoBoost 4 it's sold as yeah. which, EcoBoost right. quotation marks yeah exactly <laughs> they actually make uh you know lots of power and use lots of gas if driven properly yeah but i digress so that'll be interesting to follow that one. Uh, I'm going to talk to him more about that. I think this Friday, he's coming up my way. We'll chat about it some and, and go from there. So yeah, I want to know we more. See. Yeah, well, we'll have him on as a guest too. He's very interested in coming on. So cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, I think that about does it. Does it? Yeah. Excellent. Not much this week. Yeah, short little week. Pretty light. It's school vacation week, so. Hmm. I get. Yeah, we're out of school. Yeah. Well, my daughter is. So I got a lot of <laughs> stuff going on at the house. So I had to prepare anything. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, please rate and review us and share the podcast with a friend yes. if you like it. Don't forget to follow our social medias. Yes. Medias, of course. Yep. Medias on the on the Facebooks and interwebs, interwebs and Auto Off Topic on Facebook. Auto Off Topic podcast on Facebook. Yes. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Yep. Race and Anger on Instagram. Uh, I posted my pictures from the Rolex 24. They're up. You can go look at them if you want. Specifically look at the nighttime pictures because they're really good. I mean, the daytime pictures are good too, but I get daytime blown ones away. are kind of boring. Blown away by the nighttime pictures. I think they're boring because they're more of daytime car racing. That's what we're used to seeing. The nighttime yeah, pictures yes. have more emotion to them, more feeling, more like so goddamn cold drama to the pictures because they all have cool lights in the cars. Yep. Thanks. Um, also, don't forget to follow uh, Vintage Imports of New England on Facebook. Yes. And Instagram. Yes. Uh, I'm going to post some pictures of the 
RX-7 I'm working on, and I'll post a picture of those Montero wheels so you can see what we're talking about. Yep, and I promised last week to post pictures of RC stuff, and I didn't, so maybe I'll get there too. Yeah, put those on the page there, because it's content, content, time. content, content. We'll do RC stuff, so uh, I guess that's it. Thanks yep. for listening. Very casual episode. Very casual. No big topic. Nope, no big topic. We'll uh, try to work on something for next week. Keep your cars analog. <laughs>